So, Edmonds. Yes. Not a name the uh, Tesla community likes to hear. No, no, not at all. It, it seems every time they have something to say, it riles everyone up. Yeah, yeah. It's a little comedic. Mm-hmm. So, most recently, they released what they're claiming to be a real-world range test a of com- just about every EV available. A com- compilation, yeah. Yeah, they didn't test these, like, same day. They've been testing them throughout, I don't know, a year, maybe two years. Yeah, I'd say the year. And have finally gathered enough data to show them all side by side. Mm -hmm. And uh, interesting results. As it turns out, Tesla's kind of suck, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That would be the headline of this Edmonds article. That would be. (laughs) Tesla's kind of suck. So... Or so we thought. They were comparing what they got in the real world versus the EPA number. And that is the big subject of this article. Mm -hmm. Tesla's got anywhere from, I don't have it in front of me, it was about like 8 to 15% less than EPA. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Meanwhile, others, some of them beat the EPA. Basically, every other car beat the EPA. Basically, every car beat the EPA. Now, why, you must ask? Uh, well, first off, uh, Edmonds is kind of full of <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. But they do make a point. We'll get into why they're full of doo-doo in a bit. Yeah. But they, they do make one good point. Mm-hmm. Tesla allows 100% battery usage. So when you, when you go to charge your car, they recommend 80%. You have that little line there. This is, hey, you should probably not charge past this line. Mm-hmm. But you could always just move the line over and charge 100% of the car. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> now, the EPA tests the car to its maximum capacity. So they're going to test it at 100% mm-hmm. because Tesla allows for 100%. Yes. Every other automaker outside of Tesla saves battery for degradation. So what does that mean? So let's say... We'll throw some arbitrary numbers here. Let's say I have a battery capacity of 100 kilowatts. Mm-hmm. I'm actually only going to allow 80 kilowatts. So that way, you know, your mass consumer user doesn't actually have to know anything about batteries. They don't need to know that they're only supposed to charge to 80%. They just charge, plug in and go, and, and that's it. They don't have anything to worry about. And the battery degradation is going to subtract from the extra battery, the unusable battery. So your, your range is never going to decrease. And a Tesla... The more you use it, the more you charge it, the more you beat it up, you get less and less range. If, if you go and buy a, I don't know, an eight-year-old Model S, it's going to have much less range than a brand new Model S or that brand new Model S had. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, other cars are anticipating that they don't really want that. Yeah. So they're setting batteries space aside and they're like, okay, so you're going to buy a car with 300 miles of range today and five years from now, it's still going to have 300 miles of range. It's two different Two different ways to do it. Uh, you can argue what's better, what's not. Uh, we won't get into that. But the reason that's important here is because Edmonds decided, hey, you know, the EPA tests to 100, but I guess we're smarter than the EPA. Mm-hmm. Since the majority of people only use it to 90, mm-hmm. we're going to only charge it to 90. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to compare it towards the EPA to make Tesla look foolish. <laughs> yes. We only have full evidence of this for the Model Y, but 
yes, we do only have full evidence of this for the Model Y. So, I mean, if you want full evidence, we'll walk through our evidence. Mm-hmm. Again, all these numbers are not new. They've been compiling them throughout the year. They they previously had a Model Y versus Model Y Performance versus Porsche Taycan. Was it a Turbo S? Turbo? Probably a Turbo. Doesn't really matter. Just a Taycan. Doesn't matter. Sa- same thing. Same deal. They were just testing real world range. They ran both batteries, supposedly to zero. I mean, we don't know how they run their test. Mm-hmm. And in the article, they specifically state everything that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Tesla charges to 100%. The Taycan only uses 90% of the energy. So to be fair, this is what they said. They said, to be fair, we only charged the Tesla to 90%. Mm-hmm. Then they also said, but we expect that if we were to charge it to 100%, it would have got about an extra 25. I mean, they didn't, so we don't know that. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they showed us the number with 90%. Now, now, why are they full of doo-doo? They got a lot of backlash for that. Mm-hmm. And what did Edmonds do? They simply updated the article to say that they actually charged it to 100%. So we don't know what they actually charged it to. Mm-hmm. Because initially they said they only charged it to 90%. They, they gave this great detail as to why they charged it to 90%. And then they just updated and goes, yeah, no, we we just did it at 100%. So we don't know it's true. Mm-hmm. We don't know it's not. I mean, you could check the Wayback Machine. And, and conveniently, that same Model Y performance, because again, this information just collected... The number shown in this latest table is the original number, not with the 25 miles added. So we don't know if they were only charging to 90% for all of these numbers. Yes. And uh, to further add on to your doo-doo point is that this uh, table has a disclaimer at the bottom for an asterisk. Certain cars have asterisks on their ranges, and the asterisk states that the range tested at it Range tested at maximum battery charge to align with EPA estimates. However, for the Model Y, it reads 263 miles, which was the range they gave out for their 90% charge, rather than their 263 plus 25 mile estimate, which would have given them 288 miles, which would have basically met the EPA 291 mile uh, range estimate. So, is it maliciousness? Has this happened with all the Tesla models on this list? Is it just kind of incompetence and they forgot that they did that? I don't. We'll know. never know. We'll never know. Personally, I don't think it would have been too hard for them to just kind of try again, just get a Model Y again and fill it up all the way, and then just give us that number. I don't know why they had to estimate how much more battery there would have been when they had the car on hand. But I digress. So, I mean, the, the problem with Edmonds, I mean, I don't want to make this about Edmonds. This was mostly supposed to be focused on, you know, EV range comparisons. But the problem is that they want the headline. They they feed off of the negativity. It's just free press for them. I, this is by no means the first time they've done something similar. They intentionally talk down on Tesla f- for the hatred, for the free shares, for the free clicks. Look at us doing it now. Yeah. We're feeding into it. We're feeding into it. But they, they, they have all this information. They have all this uh, the resources. privilege of being able to test these cars and have all this data. And instead of giving us information we could learn from, they're choosing to push this narrative, which is crazy because there's a lot of information learning. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we, we, we actually had to... 
re-record this episode because <laughs> <laughs> initially it was just about the chart, but now now the chart's faulty, so we we had to put in this ten minute long this disclaimer, disclaimer in the front. <laughs> <laughs> before we talk about it. Because the real point of this uh, episode was supposed to be range doesn't range, matter. EPA. W W L T P. Yeah, the, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why are there such discrepancies between these real world tests and the EPA? Dennis, walk us through what the EPA test is. Uh, the EPA test is kind of very boring, and I haven't committed it to memory. But basically, it goes through. You know, you the the, the EPA sets a sets a standard uh, in regards to. Um, a car on a dyno at certain speeds for certain amounts of time. I, I believe it's a, a 60-40 split between uh, city and highway. Um, so it it it, uh, it it favors highway or 55-40, whatever. There's there's 55-45, there's, I think it is. Yeah, there's a mix between you know the car goes at this speed for X amount of minutes and then it goes down to this speed at this until the battery depletes or the gas goes out because you know they, they use the same thing for, for gasoline cars um so the automaker gets these uh set of standards because some people don't know the epa themselves does not get every single model and do the testing themselves they rely on the automaker to fulfill the the standards and be truthful and then throughout the year they will take random cars and do the testing themselves to make sure that uh, you know automakers aren't lying so um, based on this testing cycle, you get a either miles per gallon for a gasoline car or the range slash weird MPGE metric that no one really uses where they try to somehow make it comparable to the MPG in a regular gasoline car, but no one uses it because it's confusing. So everyone just sticks with range. Um, every country does their testing differently. So in America, we got the EPA for the environmental protection agency that's been handling this for i don't know well they don't really do their testing differently they just have a different set of well that's what i meant the restrictions yeah, and times the, and speeds yeah. uh europe has the wltp which replaced the old nedc which was uh much more lenient compared to to, to what we saw in the epa and very optimistic in ranges and then as such they further refined it and now we have the wltp ranges for uh european standards uh, I, for the life of me, cannot find what that testing procedure looks like, but clearly it's different because we get wildly different um, results. Uh, for instance, something like the Audi e-tron had 250 miles thereabouts in the WLTP, comes into the EPA, has only about 218. When Edmonds did their, now I don't know how, how fair test <laughs> Edmonds found that it was 238 miles in the real world range, making it closer to the WLTP range that was given. Um, and that, you know, can confuse people because most people tend to look at the EPA as the most stringent and, and, and best indicator of real world miles. But at least based on this uh, large Edmonds test, the EPA range estimate seems to be like the very worst case scenario possible because some of these cars were beating the EPA uh, estimates by like the Porsche Taycan for ex example and we've seen multiple examples outside of Edmunds test where instead of the 
you know, 208, 204 mile range, people were getting in the 270s, 250s. So completely blew past whatever the EPA was and more in line with what the WLTP said. All of this is to say, this is very confusing. And really, there's never going to be a good enough standard for ranges because driving styles, temperatures, and everything widely vary. And as seen between the EPA or WLTP, they're still driving the same car Mm -hmm. on the same roads. The Mm -hmm. only difference is how they're calculating it. They're Mm -hmm. going, okay, in this case, we're going to do 45% highway. And in this case, we're going to do 60% highway. Mm -hmm. And you'll, you'll see that's 25 to 50% difference most of the time. The EPA range doesn't really matter because I I can assure you, if if you go to a single destination in an EV and then you go to a separate destination in in an EV on another day with one degree difference in weather, you're not going to get the same wattage per mile. Uh, Yeah. And we can guarantee you that that your gas car is not not getting the same exact MPG that, that was on your sticker. Either. Yeah. But you don't care. So, I mean, in hindsight, this, this quote, real world test that uh, Edmonds did is kind of meaningless because unless they were all tested side by side on the same day, on the same speeds, at the same track, it's less relevant than the EPA would ever be with their testing because they're more precise. More standardized, yeah. Uh, A five degree temperature difference will make a huge difference in an EV and what's the, they did give us the temperatures, outside temperatures for these tests and it varied by what, 10, 15 degrees? 10, yeah, about 10 degrees from the coldest to the highest. So, Again, if, if, if you choose two different destinations, you're not going to get the same wattage in, in an EV or in a gas car. The EPA, like it or not, is the best number to give, not any real-world test. Now, here's where the EPA has its massive flaw. Because it's a very specific algorithm, I'll call it, mm-hmm. someone can just optimize for that algorithm mm-hmm. since all these cars are software-based at this point. And that is what Tesla does. See, Edmonds has has points, but they kind of like mutter themselves because they, they get lost in the sauce. You know what I mean? They just get lost in the sauce. They try too hard. Take a step forward. Tesla does abuse the EPA system. Oh. They do let their cars charge to 100%, even though they're only telling people, hey, please just charge to 80 because you'll mess up these batteries. Yeah. The EPA also tested the cars in their, in their primary state, in yeah. their default out-of-the-factory uh, settings. Yeah. Someone like Porsche has a range mode. The Porsche Taycan has a has a range mode, and then they have a performance mode. But Porsche knows that they're not they're not a, a long distance travel car. They're a performance car, so their default setting is the performance setting. Mm-hmm. If you put the Taycan in range mode, it'll get more than the EPA rated range because the EPA tested it in their performance mode. Mm-hmm. Tesla has their big aero caps as the default. Meanwhile, again, Porsche does have better ranged uh tires but it's it's an option it's a separate option they don't want the default to come with that mm-hmm. and that's just the physical side of it there's also software if you know that they're testing at 45 percent highway for it, there's there's so much more to dive into it tesla does abuse it there we don't know whether or not they're worse or better than every other ev but there there is a difference mm-hmm. between optimizing for the epa standardization and not optimizing for the epa standardization as we see with the Taycan, continuously beating the the EPA tested range under range mode. Yeah, and this is to say that even regardless if Tesla doesn't even hit, you know, is is off by even like twenty percent of what the EPA says, 
20% off the 408, 412-mile Model S is, what, still like 350 miles, 340 miles of range, which is, 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 is a ridiculous amount of range anyway. So, you know, some... Some people will say, well, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe the EPA numbers are inflated, but, you know, the range is still there. And yes, they would be true. Um, but, uh, you know, this the, 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 this chart is definitely not the, uh, the holy grail of information. If anything, you should look at this chart and be like, yeah, yeah, these numbers are kind of, they're kind of all over the place. We'll never, we'll never get a perfect, perfect rating system. And like I said, you don't care about the range of your gasoline car because you know there's a gas station every two blocks. And once we get to the point where, you know, chargers are everywhere or people are charging at home, you're not, you, 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 people aren't going to be so stringent on the fact that maybe the range is five or even 10% less than what the EPA said that it was. So that was, that was really the main point of this, but we had to, um, we had to drag Edmonds through the mud a little bit, I think. <laughs> I mean, range doesn't even matter. We say it time and time again. It doesn't, it doesn't gonna, matter. It's going to be the first EV bite shirt. It's just going to be that. Range doesn't matter. Range doesn't matter. And guys, you charge at home. <laughs> how often How often are you out with your phone and you're like, oh, darn, I didn't bring my charger. Now what? <laughs> well, Gio, not everyone has a house. You know this. I, you probably shouldn't have an EV if you don't have a house. Ooh, that's not good for adoption, bro. Come on, you, you got better. You, you got better tips than that. Go to your apartment Walmart. charging is is a debate of its own, but in in the well, eventually it will eventually there'll have be chargers in apartments, and I know there's companies working on that. But as of now, apartments are a thing of their own. If you own a house, you should be waking up every single morning to an eighty percent charge in a tesla or 100 percent in another ev mm -hmm. you don't wake up every morning in a gas car with a 100 percent tank you have to go to a gas station every two weeks i can assure you the average ev owner excluding those in apartments does not charge once every two weeks they do not charge as often as normal people visit a gas station it goes far to say the average ev owner will never see a public charger oh okay well i'd love to see the stats on that one so that's that. Edmonds, fix your yourselves. Fix yourselves. You are on the cusp of greatness on being a good reference, and then you just you just messed it up, man. You just messed it up. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Edmonds, fix yourself, and range doesn't matter.